Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Hannah Norris, and this is my husband, Carl Donnelly. And we have a new podcast for you. It's called the Keith Cheggers Podcast, and it's about pregnancy, because that is what's happening in our lives right now. And inside your belly. Yeah, so we are recording weekly episodes throughout the course of my pregnancy, talking to each other and interesting and funny guests that we have on about their experiences with the pregnancy, so we can work out a bit more about what the hell is happening and what is coming up for us. So tune in, subscribe, and have a listen to the Keith Cheggers Podcast. Bye. Bye. Great big owl. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Two men, both alike in dignity, in fair Iran, where we lay our scene, from ancient grudge to break new mutiny. Where foreign sands make crime club hands unclean. I'm Jack Beaumont, aka Curious Maneuvers, aka Pure Animal Magnetism, or PAM for short. Once more, onto the bike, dear friends. Once more, we're back with Toby to hear how the rest of his bonkers trip around the Middle East turned out. The whiff of crime is stronger in this one. Jingle me to the mosque in time for evening prayer, please, Ed Beaumont. Oi, oi, oi. I mean, obviously, you're having a good time here, but you're, are you also thinking, should uh, someone get, should should we get nicked and we're looking at some serious problems? I think, yeah, that was it, because I think, like, I mean, you hear all this stuff in the news now, like, you know, Brits and shit getting, like, detained over there. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of always in the back of our mind, but you kind of forget about it when you're at the time. But, I mean, the, the one time it did actually really come to the fore when... I mean, this is probably the most reckless thing we did there, and it was kind of reckless. We were like, we were in the south in this city. We'd gone to like south visit, of Iran, south of Iran, yeah, to to visit this this city. Like it's old, it's called Shiraz. Loads of like really beautiful mosques and stuff. Really nice outside of mosques. We'd seen so much of mosques before, like in Uzbekistan and stuff. I was like, bro, it's all the fuck. Like once you've seen a few of them, like you haven't seen them all but you, you kind of get a bit sick of it you're like oh, man I've like I've seen so many mosques in the past few months yeah. that I just, you know, show me a fucking Uzbeki brass house yeah exactly <laughs> where the fucking Iranian brass house is but like <laughs> we ended up um, so we're like fuck it let's go inside so we went, went into one like honestly one of the most stunning things I've ever seen like ornate glasswork anywhere like all this like crystal and shit anyway very quickly like a mullah comes up to us in like perfect English he's like sorry you guys Muslim 
and like kind of unprepared with the response. I was like, no, sorry. And he's like, you guys have to leave, sorry. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like, we were kind of a bit like, bruv, like, I don't really want to go, like, see outside of Moss. Let's go into another, let's, let's try and go into another one. It was like, we kind of, like, formulate this plan. Like, How can we go in without getting kicked out? And we like, the only way to do that is to pretend to be Muslim. We're getting into the dangerous territory there, though. So basically, oh, like, I, I just remember this is anyway, you said one of the most reckless things you've done. Please continue. Yeah. <laughs> basically, I sat, we sat outside the mosque and think, learned the first few verses of the Quran to memorize them in case we were stopped. And yeah. anyway, so we've sat there for a few hours, memorized a few verses, go into this mosque, and yeah, lo and behold, this mullah comes up to us, like perfect English. He's like, oh, Sorry, like, who are you guys? What are you doing here? And I'm like, this time, I think it was Matt responded. He said, oh, sorry, I don't speak English. I'm from Lebanon. In, in, in Farsi. To this, to this guy. And the guy's like, oh, you're from Lebanon. He like thinks we're now Lebanese pilgrims, like going to the specific like mosque in order for like some specific reason. Mm. Anyway, this, uh, we're now on this private tour of this mosque from this mullah who thinks like we're, not, we're like esteemed honoured guests but bear in mind like our entry tactic had now like basically presented us with a bit of a problem because this guy speaks fluent English and we can't speak English with each other because we'll give the game away right mm. Matt can like speak decent enough Arabic he studied at some of it at uni so at the time I couldn't really speak in Arabic so like he basically was just saying things to me in Arabic and I'd respond with just like yes, no, or maybe, which is basically all I had to say. Mm. We were basically banking on the fact that Muller didn't speak any Arabic, which luckily he didn't. Right. Anyway, uh, conversely, I could actually speak a bit of Farsi because um, I learned it through my ex-missus because she was Iranian. So I was like basically, but Matt couldn't speak any. So I was basically like <laughs> conversing with this Muller, trying to make conversation, trying to make it like not obvious, like, you know, why we were really there. And we're walking around, and I just go, oh, what's, um, what's this stone made out of? Or, like, what's, what's, what stone is this? Um, and he kind of looks at me, like, really puzzledly. And he's like, oh, it's al-Fatiha, which is, like, the equivalent of, like, the Lord's Prayer in Islam. Every Muslim should know what this looks like. Like, you know, there's no shadow. You should know that. Like, mm. I kind of just, like, start staring off in the distance. I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't. By this time, I'm just like, because I couldn't really read Farsi. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know how to speak it. And by this time, like, the guy's, like, getting pretty, like, I'm getting pretty cold feet. And, like, the guy's getting kind of suspicious, like. And there was quite a lot on the line here. It's the only time I did actually feel very, kind of, like, we might, we might have taken it too far this time. It's like, we're not even really meant to be in this country. Um, we're in the Islamic Republic of Iran, like, pretending to be Lebanese pilgrims when there's two, when there's the British passport in my pocket. Like, this is fucking dangerous, man. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Anyway, so I kind of signaled to Matt, I was like, look, we need to get out of here. I, like, I can't really handle this anymore, like, the questioning. Because he was asking all these questions about, like, pilgrimage sites in Lebanon and stuff, which I had absolutely no idea about. But I'm thinking, you missed a tricky... Like, if Matt's going to say he's from Lebanon, he'd be like, I'm from fucking somewhere really obscure. Is that you're a convert from Guyana or some shit like that? Like, I mean, no, but then I don't speak English. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, it was kind of like, it was... It was basically, you have to be somebody who doesn't speak English and, like... Anyway, this is the tactic we went with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It requires a level of logic that most would fail to come up with on the spot. This is the thing. A lot of this was, like, on the spot. You know, we planned some of it, but when, like, we walked in, to be honest, a lot of this was kind of unplanned. Matt was just like, we're from Lebanon. 
like I don't speak English sorry and then I was like okay great we're doing this like this is it and as we're leaving like I was like we need like I was telling Nazi I was like look we need to go like you know um because I mean we're, we're clearly not like local and this guy comes up to the mullah and he's like oh who are these guys like what are they doing here and he goes oh they're our guests they're from Lebanon he's like oh I'm from Iraq I speak Arabic let me go chat with them and like I say I spoke no Arabic so I li- I just ran I basically just fucking hightailed it out of the mosque I was like fuck this brother I'm not ending up in some like revolutionary guard prison like I'm gone do you reckon that's really what the stakes were if you get found out to be bullshitting a mullah do you reckon you're in for a fucking rough time before you be taken in somewhere? I think it, re- it just wasn't really worth the risk. Like we'd, we'd like, it unraveled we were there on business visas, in inverted commas. Yeah, and you're now what? bullshitting a mullah. And now you're bullshitting a mullah in like pretending to like, that you're pilgrims. Like, it's all very fucking suspicious, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It just doesn't really add up. So I run and then Matt, like, the guy, like, I think Matt exchanges like two words with him and says, we need to leave. Like, sorry, I'll speak to you later or something. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never been so paranoid in my life. I was like, the whole day I was looking over my shoulders like we're going to get bundled into a fucking car here, mate. Like, well, you, you must be one of very few black men in Iran at this point. It's funny you say that because there actually there's a there's a there's a uh, there's a small ethnic group of Afro-Iranians in the south. Is there? There's like I, I, I saw a black guy in a, a bus station, and I was just like, what? What the fuck? Like, I, there's a book on it over there. Actually, you can see it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, give the nod. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, I saw him and I was just like, what's going on, bro? Like, and, um, yeah, afterwards I kind of learned that, like, I think as a legacy of, like, slave, Arab slave trade or something, there was, right. there's a few of them that, that kind of settled in the South. But, like, by and large, like, no. So, hence, is that what your paranoia, paranoia is based on? Is like, look, I, I, you know, I'm fairly spotable here. If they chose to say, hang on, let's look into those two shady fellas that claim to be... I mean, we like, stuck out, like, in, in that sense, we stuck out, like, sore thumbs. Like, Matt is fucking white Irish. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Pale is a fucking ghost. Like, do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, burns well easily. Like, we don't look like two fucking dudes from Shiraz just going to mosques to, like, to do a quick prayer. Do you know what I mean? I've never been anywhere where like the people are so like unreservedly, unreservedly welcoming and like really are they are they rivaling the the Tajiks on, on it blows out of the water like it was it was complete like put put it in perspective by the end of my time there I was avoiding Iranian people because I wanted personal space right like, okay. you had people stopping you just saying oh here have, you guys are cycling you need this food like some random like dude like just giving you shit out of his car. People always like inviting you to stay. People stopping you to give you stuff. Literally, people stopping you, like giving you fizzy drinks and stuff, like Amazing. giving you biscuits, like. And I think they are like very, very hospitable as a people anyway. But because they kind of know how the Western media portrays them, they kind of go to even further. When they Do you reckon there was a level of that? For sure, yeah. People were like, oh, Did people explain this to you? Was this? Was this yeah, they were, just, they were just like, oh, you, you, do you think we're all terrorists? And I'm just like, I wouldn't be here if I did. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they go to even like further lengths to like try and you know avoid being painted with the same brush that like the media paints mm. them as um, so it, it was like very very humbling to be honest with you like I've never really felt that kind of generosity from just complete strangers like ever like every single day it was just it wasn't just isolated instances it was every you know 90% of people every single day everywhere like invitations to stay like 
you go into someone's house for a cup of tea, like they end up just cooking you like a full meal. They'd like put you up for the night on like a bed. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just like mad, you know. Well, I think this is something that you guess that get, totally gets lost in certainly our media's portrayal of Islam as a religion. How much they put on the importance of being humble and and hospitable. Yeah, that is really those are the two really big factors in Islam. Yeah, and, of, and lost in the media's portrayal of it in our country. Completely, and I mean like like I was saying earlier, like a lot of these, or at least the kind of the the stands historically were um, Islamic. I mean, yeah. they, they still are, but like it's kind of, it's, it's, they're more kind of secular now. Like it's kind of, yeah. they're not quite as, as practicing, but like there is, the, there was this real sense of like, you know, a guest is a gift from God. I'm pretty sure it was a proverb they have in Tajikistan. Like, really? And you could actually feel that. Like you, you treat like an absolute king. You go in somebody's house, like, you know, not like no request was, you know, was ever too big, even though you wouldn't want to ask it kind of thing. Um, but it, it, like, in Iran, it really was quite mind-blowing, to be honest. I've never had anything like that. Like, I'm, when I say every day, I mean literally every single fucking day, it was like something was just happening where people were just doing stuff for you. Yeah. Which was just like quite shocking, you know? It was yeah. like, I remember once actually, good example of this, I'd injured my leg in a, in a park and I got like talking to this dentist actually. He spoke really good English and... Um, Within like five, ten minutes, he's like, oh, like, you guys can come to like stay in my apartment. It's fine. I live up the road. Anyway, like, we're, we're kind of used to being hosted by people now. So we didn't really, we weren't really that like, you know, not like with the Kazakh shepherds, but we were like, oh, who the fuck are these guys kind of thing. Like, we were kind of a bit more used to it. So we went to stay with this guy. Anyway, like, cooked dinner, whatever, stayed the night. In the morning, he's like, I've got to go to work. And like, well, I'm kind of packing up, expecting to leave. Comes over, gives me the keys. It's like, right, yeah, uh, this is where the fridge is, this is where, like, this is how you turn the hot water on, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I'll be back in, like, 12 hours, like, make yourself at home. I've literally known this guy for, like, 12 hours or less, giving me the keys to his apartment, like, all his belongings just there, and I'm just, like, in his apartment. That is bonkers. I was, it was just fucking, like, do you know what I mean? Completely, like, uh, it's like, inconceivable, like, here. Yeah, like, I suppose, in the context of... Iran, that, that guy seemed insane, but if someone did that in the UK, you'd be walking out swift because it'd look insane. Exactly. You'd be like, there's something wrong with this person. This guy is fucking after me. There's, there's, yeah. there's some weird get up he's got here. He's going to like fucking tie me up and try rape me. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that is remarkable. Although I just reminded myself that it's not Love Club, it's Crime Club. Entered Turkey from Iran. This is I entered from Georgia, okay, which yeah. is in the east, um, like the northeast. It was somewhere along the Black Sea coast. No, no, sorry. It's just as I turned off the Black Sea, it was kind of in like central Turkey, and I stopped at this petrol station to like get some. I think I was gonna buy some chocolate bars or something. Anyway, I get like chatting with the owner. He's like, it turns out he's Kurdish, Kurdish guy. Holds up the Kurds, by the way. Big up the Kurds. Might yeah. Be. Kurds are, Kurds are certified dons. Um, I actually, well, yeah, I went to Kurdistan. Like, is this uh, the same guy that tried to bum you, though? No, you know what? This, it's interesting to say this, because I went to Kurdistan in Iraq, yeah, like a couple of months ago, to try and shake my preconceptions about what I'm about to tell you happened okay, to me in Turkey. Okay, okay, okay. So basically, I got taxed to this guy in this petrol station, like, you know, had the same conversation, oh, you're on a bike, amazing, where have you come from? Like, China, like, wow, like, oh, yeah. and he's like, oh, there's this, 
Um, they're all fasting as Ramadan. It's like, oh, we'd be honoured if you stayed and broke broke fast with us and uh, like have iftar, which is the meal they have at the end of the end of the iftar. The, iftar, yeah, yeah. I think it's when the, the sun goes down. So I was like, yeah, sure, sounds nice. Um, I got this vibe from this guy, and he was just like, he was like, oh, do you want to come like smoke some weed with me? And I was just like, nah, not really, bro. Like, I kind of got a weird vibe from him, so I was like, nah, I'm alright. Anyway, like we're going to like have dinner and we finish like it's a nice meal whatever finish uh, and this guy like as we're leaving just like trying to like touch up my arm in like, a really sexual way and I'm just like like fingertips strokey vibe or yeah and he like squeezed me because like he only, none of them talk any English he was like oh big and I was just like what stroking your bicep or forward yeah and I was like I was like what like this bread like I was, I, was, I, was just, I was like it's just like it's just. I was like he doesn't speak English he's just probably like he's probably just trying to be funny was, did he have camp mannerisms no fast forward like an hour they have this like spare bed so I, I get into it and this fucking dude like comes into the room Oh, mate, it was fucking Harry. He, like, literally crawled into bed with me and then, like, started... I, li- I literally fucking, like, I was half asleep, like, just jumped out of bed and just, like, I was like, what the fuck, bro? Just, like, screaming at this prayer and I was, like, threatening. I was like, come fucking close to me. I'm going to fucking knock you out. His mate or something heard the commotion and, like, got up and was, like, they were, like, talking like, aggressively in, like, Kurdish and then he goes to me, like, his mate comes to me and, like, puts on Google Translate. like, don't follow him. I wasn't planning to you, mate. I was like, mate, don't fucking worry, I wasn't planning to you. But anyway, by this point, I was pretty fucking shaken up. I was like, this petrol station was in the middle of nowhere. You know what's happened? He's gone, oh, he tries to bum me in his bed. And he's like, that's what he said to his mate. And obviously, his mate's like, don't follow him. Because if you do, then I know you're trying to bum him. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know what things I didn't, because I wasn't going to speak the language. I didn't know what was going on. He was just like, don't worry, like, sorry about that. Go back to bed. And I was just like, bro, are you fucking dumb? I'm not sleeping here when there's a fucking rapist next door, mate. <laughs> so I go down. Well, went next door. Yeah, I go downstairs and like my bike's downstairs in like the kind of like by the the shop of the petrol station. I'm like, I need to get out of here. But I look, I look out to the road. And I'm like, there's no lights anywhere. I'm in the middle of like fucking like mountains. There's nothing anywhere. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to like sleep, pitch, or do anything. And I basically weighed it up. I was just like, I can't really do anything. I'm like, there's no way I can like. I was, was he a big bloke? Was he physically? No, he, that's that's the thing. He was he was smaller than me. I was like, if it came to it, like. I don't think if he like if he'd really wanted to, he'd have to like probably have knocked me out first or something. I was like up like all night because I was just like watching the door. I was like, bro, if that guy comes back in here, like, like he's gonna come back with more force and like try more force. Do you know what I mean? Like it was yeah. really quite like. Um, but so what? Morning comes, if steps barely a wink, and then uh, don't stay for breakfast. No, I was out there before anything. We're basically even awake, mate. Oh, crime club. Jack Beaumont, you naughty boy. If you're a fan of all things geeky, you're going to love Concessions, a brand new podcast by comedian Matt Hunton and myself, Beck Hill where we interview your favourite cult heroes at Comic-Cons all across the world. We've got stars from Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Walking Dead and more. Make sure you tune in soon to Con Sessions. Great Big Owl. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Grab Club. Club. We haven't spoken about Azerbaijan. What are your thoughts on Azerbaijan? Any particular stories or anything that stands out culturally or... Azerbaijan, you know what? Like, I was really fucking... <laughs> I was so... That was the only time on the whole trip I was like, fuck this. I'm done with this whole thing. And have you... Start, sorry to interrupt, but you've cycled... Have you cycled from Iran to... Yeah. To... Um, Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Yeah. Is that... Are they border? Yeah, border. Yeah. And then... Alright, cool. Yeah, so you cycled from... Was that, was that the next in the story, chronologically speaking? Iran, Azerbaijan. Yes. Yeah. Right, so, so that's my job. Let's go. I got there. I don't know what it was. The weather like seemed to turn and was just really fucking bleak. It was so grey, so miserable. After Iran, which was like such an amazing like cultural experience, all this Azerbaijan just seemed very depressing. Um, it was really the only time where I was just like, "This is I've, I've had enough." Like they were, we were getting chased by fucking wild dogs all the time. Remember once we like dogs because I've been to I've been to Eastern Europe and I've experienced like the kind of dog life there. Was Azerbaijan the, the doggiest? <laughs> okay, I'll give you a story. Right, we were. <laughs> this is gonna sound funny. We were camping on this mud flat next to like an old Soviet train yard. Like it was probably the most bleak settings you could imagine. Like really fucking grey, like miserable, like. You know, you see those those scenes from like fucking like really nihilistic scenes of like end of the world kind of thing when the sun, like the sun's been burnt out by nuclear war or something. Mm. Imagine that with like some trains, know, some old like Soviet trains and like just loads of like kind of like polluted shit. It was just really fucking grim. It was the only place we could go. Anyway, like to kind of make ourselves feel better, I was like, fuck it, I'll cycle to the shop and get some beers. Went there, and on the way back, Matt's shouting. He's like, don't come back to the tent. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? On the phone? No, no, no. He's like shouting. He can see me in the distance. He's shouting. He's like, don't come back. 
and I'm coming back with the beers and he's like stone and I was like what so I like get my light out and I shine into the distance and I oh, can, this is night time yeah so, yeah so this is night um, and I can just see three sets three pairs of red eyes just in the dark I'm just oh fuck what the hell is that and eventually it kind of dawned on us that these three Caucasian sheepdogs for like for reference these are dogs that are trained to fight wolves like they basically use it like shepherds use it to like yeah, to yeah. fight wolves to like protect their sheep they'd like decided to just come and like sit next to, sit next to the tent and just like eye us up basically after food basically aren't they basically yeah and like these dogs are like you know like as big as like a six foot man kind of thing they're fucking huge and there's three of them and I was like bruv like we have nothing here we have a stick and a knife like that's it <laughs> um, and this is after like you know throughout a lot of Azerbaijan we've been chased by dogs and like heard like jackals and wolves in the night and stuff and it was just really like kind of almost a bit too close to home I was like bro we're actually being faced with it now like this is just a bit much so we kind of sat there and like we lit a fire we thought that might get them to go wait so you have got back to the, to the, the your mates yeah so sorry I'm, we're at, I'm in the campsite now like the but they're like don't get them back but you've just what you've cycled through them or something or what so that like they the tents are like um, next to each other and the dogs have like formed the perimeter around it. Okay. So they're just like sitting there, and like we'd kind of just like I'd gone into the middle just to meet Matt and sat and sit there. I was like, it's easier if we're together. Yeah. Um, and then the dogs didn't kick off while you were doing that. Sort of no, thing. they were kind of like it was kind of more they were just like we I thought they were like eyeing us up to like make a move, and like I quickly kind of just got in. Um, but. What did we do? Eventually, we just ended up like we like thought, fuck it. Like I think sank a few of the beers and just like ran at them with some fucking balls or something, and they fucked off. But it was quite. I think that's what you got to do in that situation. Yeah, you kind of have to just face it head on, and they just kind of. Got an eye for the dogs, basically. This was in Georgia. I was uh, coming back from the um, from the club, and this was like maybe five in the morning or something. I was walking home and I lived in this like district um, which I think during the civil war and stuff was quite like rough and like there's a lot there's a lot of guns and stuff around there basically everyone's armed kind of thing this is in Tbilisi in the capital and and walking back from the club and it's me and a, a friend who I was, uh, met out there and we're walking and all of a sudden, these like three, four Georgian lads, no older than about eighteen, like screaming in Georgian. Like Georgian can be quite like an kind of like aggressive, aggressive sounding language. So it like can be intimidating at the best of times. I, mean, I would have said that about all Middle Eastern languages, but you say particularly Georgian. It's yeah, it's like almost like, I don't know, like it's, that's like, me being uncultured. Yes, <laughs> there's something I don't know. Maybe it just seemed quite serious and like you know this like. It, Anyway, the kind of this was further amplified, like amplified the situation, and they were running out with literally, I shit you not, a scaffolding pole that was modded as a rocket launcher. So this is a scaffolding pole with like some like you know the, like the, the like the, the police tape you get, which is like red and no, which is yellow and black. Yeah, yeah? that like strapped with, with something on the end of it and like a fuse, and they were trying to light this thing like frantically. Like one guy was trying to light it, the other guy was like shouting him, like, oh no, no, do it like this. at you. No, no, they were like just pointing. I didn't know what they were doing, but they'd come out screaming. I just hear what like a building, like, in like, an, like an alleyway. Yeah. I just hear this like this screeching sound, and it's a car like driving really fast, and it was, it was a setup basically. Anyway, they can't light the um, 
the thing in time to set it off, whatever the fuck. Well, so they're trying to shoot this car. It's basically like a homemade rocket launcher. Yeah, they're trying to blow it up. And it's moving. It's moving like pretty fast, so they can't light in time. So what the 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 guy at the front does, he gets the scaffolding pole and fucking launches it at this car, goes straight through the wind the the, the windscreen, smash glass everywhere. The car like skids around as a U turn, and these guys are like from a distance from me to you now, right? Like, Which is two, two, two meters, two yards, yeah. yeah. Uh, guy gets out of the car like pretty calmly reaches in the fucking glove compartment pulls out a fucking Glock and just starts licking off shots and I'm just literally stood behind these guys and at the time I was like kind of drunk and I was just like oh like what the fuck I kind of get my phone out and start filming and my mate just like grabs me he's like what the fuck are you doing man like we're getting shot at run and we kind of like run for cover into this like restaurant. You're running like, backwards from the way you're facing. Them. Yeah, and like this, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, "Shit, this is actually this is this is." How many how many shots do you he licks off in that time? No more than three or four, I wouldn't think. Maybe four. Um, bang 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 bang. Yeah, literally. But I mean, he was like, they were so close to us, and I mean, he's not like, obviously. And he's aiming for the guy that's launched the fucking pole in his car. Yeah, but I mean, they obviously wasn't a very good shot because like yeah. we were all kind of fine. And then it didn't really dawn on me until the morning after. Like I woke up and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Some like it's like a scene out of GTA. Like what the hell? Like, and then I asked like a Georgian guy. I was like, "Oh, like I told him the the story," and he was like, "Oh, like I don't know about the rocket launcher, but like yeah, a lot of people are armed around here, so like they they obviously like there's like a kind of like feud going on." Mm. And the guy like I mean they tried to blow him up, so he just got his gun out and started shooting. <laughs> but yeah, we were kind of caught in the crossfire, which was a bit fucking hell. That is hairy. Kind of hairy. Have you witnessed a homemade rocket launcher being propelled through a windscreen after it failed to fire? Perhaps you've operated metal and machinery with the aim of killing or maiming. Get in touch. Crimeclubpodcast at gmail.com on Feel the Noise. Sweet at Crime Club Pod, series finale next week. What a finale it is. Keep it real, eat potatoes, whistle, show tunes, I don't know. Now it's time for us all to decide who we are. Do we fight for the right to listen to Crime Club now? Have you asked of yourself what's the price you might pay? Would you prefer your tank top in black, blue or grey? The wrongings of the world grow wronger. Day by day Crime A truly awful act Club A place for boys and girls Crime Confess your sins to Jack Club He'll show them to the Get your tank top at www.podcastmerch.co.uk GreatBigOwl.com I'm Tilly Steele. And I'm Helen Monks. And this is Bitchin'. I'm dyslexic. Yeah, why do you read the Wikipedia page? <laughs> it's good to practice. <laughs> a podcast where every week we talk about a different person. So how old was he when he first popped on the scene? That's a great If question. you say he was my age, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking die. And we veer wildly off track. Pop that Prosec. <laughs> 
available on all your podcast apps. <laughs> That's not right. Uh, just can you not say podcast. uh in the advert? <laughs> available on all your podcast platforms. Just search Bitchin or Great Big Owl. We'll see you there. That was all right. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.